Yo, 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 Jack of Potato. Really? And Zena. Jack, Jack, Jack of Potato. Okay. Do you want to say any more other than that? Uh, nope. Uh, what are we What are we talking about today? <laughs> so it's been a while since we've done one, just because of various things that have come up. Unsurprisingly, that's not as helpful for people listening as you might think. No, I know, but I'm I'm kind of apologising for the fact it's been so long. Um, so something that was mentioned to us recently in one of my talking appointments was something about safety behaviours. And we found that interesting, didn't we? We did, up. yeah. But, but Hunt, what, what is a safety behaviour? <laughs> well, if you'd given me a chance, I would have explained it. So a safety behaviour is doing something to alleviate the anxiety or the fear that you feel. So if you, are, if you um, go on the bus, for example, and you wear headphones, you wear headphones because you're anxious that if someone wants to talk to you, that you'll sound like an idiot. As an example, so the wearing of the headphones on public transport is a safety behaviour because you are worried what could happen if you didn't have that. So it's behaviour that helps alleviate some of the anxiety and fear. And what I found really interesting about that, because there's lots of things I find interesting, is that it's not just the same behaviour. So So using your example you've given there, like getting on the bus... The fact that you're wearing headphones doesn't mean that you're anxious, but how you interpret your action is what makes it a safety behaviour. So, for example, person X could get on the bus and they could just really be excited to listen to this new album and they put the headphones in and they just really enjoy the album and they're not worried about anything at all. So for them, in that instance, that isn't a safety behaviour. However, person Y could do exactly the same thing, could put the same music on and put the headphones in and listen to the music but the intention behind it is to give them like a gap. It creates like yeah. a social gap between them and other people. And in mm-hmm. that instance, if you're motivated by, you know, increasing the distance between you and other people or whatever the threat might be, then it becomes a safety behavior in contrast to just, um, you know, just doing the physical act. So I think like the interpretation of the event and just from a partner's perspective, Sometimes, you know, if I think, oh, well, you know, you're just doing it because you like listening to the music and you might rationalize and say, yeah, yeah, I just want to listen to the music. But actually, sometimes maybe it takes a little bit of description and some analysis of why you're doing it to recognize you didn't even realize you were doing it as a Mm. safety behavior. Like you could have thought you were doing it, you know, whether it's habit or whatever. And actually, when you sit down and talk about it, and you're like, well, what's the and you sort of dig what's the real reason? You're like, oh, yeah. actually, I am trying to protect myself. So it's an attempt to prevent fears from coming true, and it's to make you feel more comfortable in situations where you feel that anxiety. Mm. And whilst safety behaviours are useful because it, it lessens your anxiety, actually they're not the best thing to have because it stops you testing the fears and the anxiety. Mm. So... Or, like you wear headphones on a bus because it stops you, stops people wanting to talk to you and therefore you feel like you're not going to say anything stupid. It stops that being tested so how, and proven to be incorrect. How does that tie in then with your perception of fear? Because obviously you've got your perception of the event, but also your perception of fear. So for example, putting on a seatbelt 
it's a safety behaviour, but it's a perfectly reasonable safety behaviour. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wonder what the classification is to when it is reasonable and when it is not. Because if you're an anxious person, if you're, you know, if you lack confidence, then for you, you're going to view more events mm. as needing safety measures. Yeah, so there's there's not, like... It depends on why... Why you're doing the behaviour will determine whether or not it's a safety behaviour or whether or not it's just a, a good bit of logic to use, like wearing a seatbelt. Mm. Whilst that is in terms of safety, it's not like to do with fear. It's because that's what you're meant to do. It's yeah, different. But that's There's still a line. Fear. It is. It is, but it's it's different in a way. I don't know how to describe that, but it's different. The way I'd view it would be there is a sensible level of fear. There's a spectrum. There's a spectrum where normal confident happy individuals sit and and it's perfectly acceptable for some people to view certain events as more risky given your experience if you've got a lot of experience in i don't know working in planes for example you might be slightly Mm. more or less risk averse because you have that experience and there's a and there's a place where you can be confident however the case of when you're unconfident and overly anxious and overly fearful that spectrum gets much broader and although you're exhibiting safety behaviours because you believe there's a threat, you're actually unnecessary. You've you've analysed the risks incorrectly. Yeah, but that's because you- you're feeling anxious. Yeah. So what? So can your anxious you do? brain takes over. So that's why, like, I have safety behaviours. I have quite a few, apparently. But that's so that's because I reach a high point of a high level of anxiety or. Fear and the only way I can alleviate that is to do said safety behaviours. Like, I choose where I sit so that I'm able to see everything, or I do a, a, a three checks on the door when I lock it because that's a safety behaviour now. So, is there an insinuation? I mean, my interpretation would be therefore that these excessive safety behaviours they're always are excessive, damaging. but there's there's lots of different ones. So, like, maybe you just don't touch anything when you're in public, like that's. You wouldn't clock that necessarily as a safety one. It's only when you're aware that that you look at why you're doing that, or like taking your water bottle everywhere. Okay, because so you you might get a really dry mouth, and therefore you might choke. Like there's so, a so let's say, let's use one of those examples then, where we're saying we're, we're we're sort of from the outset we're saying it probably seems excessive. So if we're going to for say you, yes, right, but then remember if we're saying that there's a spectrum within confident happy people, and that is acceptable, but people who are anxious are operating in an area where their interpretation of risk is greater, they're viewing it unfairly, then if we picked a behaviour, so let's say, for example, sitting so that you can face the door or something like that, okay, that is considered an excessive um, uh, as an excessive safety behaviour because there isn't the requirement for you to check the door. You are not a bodyguard. There is not the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles going to jump in through the door and something bad happen it's just you unnecessarily interpreting risk so let's say you're doing one of those safety behaviors firstly you've got to be able to identify which ones are excessive and which ones are not so how would you what would you suggest for that how do you how can you as somebody who has excessive safety behaviors how can you identify which ones are excessive and which ones are reasonable talk about it so like the only reason we found out that mine was safety behaviors like We'd never spoken about it before, what, last week? week I just assumed you were timid. Oh, well, thank you. So, we never spoken about it as to, like, why I necessarily do what I do. Mm. It was just that I do it and 
you and I would butt heads about why, about the fact that I would do it in the first place, because we didn't actually stop to go, why is it happening? I would imagine it's just a learnt behaviour, and I've just learnt that maybe doing this makes me safe, so therefore I've taken that forward. But I don't think, that's, I think, that's where we've butted heads. I view it as an unnecessary safety precaution. I view it as excessive and therefore it's wasteful. And by taking part in the safety behaviour over and over again, you reinforce it, you make it routine as yes, if um, it is required. Yes. yes, you do. And that is the problem with safety behaviours. You you leave it untested and therefore, if anything, you reinforce your safety behaviour. And does that not but just it's... make you more anxious? Because that, that confirms to you then, oh, I must now sit here, I must look this way, I must but you wash can my cha- hands. But you can challenge it. So like we're doing, we're challenging mine slowly and gradually. We're not going full in on all of them and going, right, you can't do any of them ever again. So, what, so what's interesting, why are you saying that then? Because to me, that sounds like you know it's scary. And it's, that you're, it is scary. But... That's because you've got a false interpretation of the risk. And that might be your opinion, and that is fine. My opinion might be different, okay. and that is fine. So let's say then, let's take, a, the, uh, let's take it to the, the end then. So let's say over time, whatever period of time it is, you've reduced the number of safety behaviours you exhibit, and although scary, negative consequences haven't happened across the board. Mm-hmm. What do you think the result of limiting your safety behaviours will be? I don't know, because I'm not there yet. What do you think, or like, just discuss it with me, what do you think would happen? I honestly couldn't tell you. So why do you think we're doing it? We're doing it because it's not good to leave things unchallenged, as I have been told by you. How do you feel about And it? Talking Man, numerous times that I have to challenge these difficult things. And mm. If it's difficult, it's probably the right thing to do, so therefore you've just got to do it. Does that it sound sa- familiar? It sounds like you're you're like holding some sort of tension on Oh, no, it. no, no, not at all. Not okay. at all. I'm just going to roll my shoulders out. And just... Right, just try and relax a little bit. Mm. Mm. But just from the outside, you're performing excessive... Safety behaviors. But I don't. I don't see them as excessive. Exactly, because you're so, you've so they're so routine to you, they're so normal to you that you see them as like sensible. So you you see them as as sensible as wearing a seatbelt. I I see them as ways that means I can go about my daily life in a way where I'm not in a very high state of anxiety. If I dropped, if I changed, if I edited my safety behaviors, I would be anxious a lot more. That's only short-term thinking, though. And it might be, but when it comes to anxiety, that's kind of how my brain works. And I'm sure other people might work in the same way. It does, but that's because people with anxiety are thinking short-term, they're not thinking long-term. Yes, and it's a very difficult skill to have. Yes. Which I'm sure you can appreciate from your very high pedestal of no anxiety. So, hmm. What if I give you this? I'll help you... I'll help you Oh, you'll help me. Oh, that's really kind. Go on, then. be rude about it. I can help you, so to help you understand how it's viewed by external people. So if I gave an example of somebody who believed that they were going to get um, very sick from 5G and that they wore a special helmet that lowered their anxiety about their genuine fear, which for them feels exactly the same as Mm -hmm. your fears feel, the way in which you look at that person and you see and you feel, you intrinsically feel that it's an excessive safety behaviour 
that doesn't bear any relation to scientific evidence or truth. But for that individual, it feels very true. Mm -hmm. And they would say, well, I feel sick. And that physiologically, they might actually get bad because they're so expected to be true. That doesn't make it true, though. And the, the way you look at them and you think they just simply need to stop wearing it. They need to simply stop worrying about 5G because it isn't having that effect. That is the way in which people who view other safety events view yours. Does that make sense to you? Yes. How do you feel about that? It's really difficult. In what way? Because everyone has safety behaviours for a reason. You probably have safety behaviours that you're just not aware of. Yeah, but they're not excessive. No. Uh, but I don't believe mine are excessive. And Talking Man did not say mine were excessive. And neither does the 5G man. Okay. So I think you are brushing mine with the excessive thing because you don't understand it. And there's no way really I can explain it that will help you understand that because it's not your safety behaviour. You probably have your own safety behaviours for whatever small area you might feel a bit of fear or anxiety about. And that's the way that you manage it. I think as a person who has, in your world, excessive safety behaviours, I can understand why that person thinks maybe that helmet might help them because I can understand why I what I might do with mine. So, like, sitting by the window and being able to see the road so I know everyone who's coming in and out. Like, that to you might seem excessive, but to me that just makes sense. I'm being prepared. So it completely depends on your perspective. It it. It doesn't because yes, it does. what you're doing is you're rationalising your fear. You have not, fear. You have I'm fear all... about events occurring, don't you? Yes. Yes. And you believe that the likelihood of those events is is sufficient enough to warrant you taking action. Mm. Okay. That's a misunderstanding of the likelihood of those events occurring. Yeah, it might be. If but you it, believed... but, t- but that might be that that's because that's been learned. Yes. So it needs absolute... to be unlearned, but it's not gonna be unlearn in the blink of an eye like it takes time and i completely agree but the point you then have to acknowledge is that these are behaviors which are not actually offering you value yes but i think the language you can choose to use around them can be quite can be quite powerful you're sat there telling me that my safety behaviors are excessive that's what you're telling me and therefore for me that's I'm like, well, for me, they are not. So what you've actually done is made me dig in slightly deeper on them. If you'd left the word excessive out and said, I don't, phrased it in a slightly different way, potentially I wouldn't now be digging my heels in because it feels like I should be on the defence with you Mm. now. Which is why potentially anyone listening can now hear there's a slight change in my Ah. tone of voice and I'm getting a little bit, but because that's, you've attacked, in my mind, you've attacked me personally because you're calling the things I do to keep me safe excessive but they aren't so it, things you do to keep you safe they're things you do because you believe they keep you safe i could do you this i will pay you a thousand pounds if for one week you do no safety behaviors that we pre-identify so that you know exactly what we're referring to it's not going to be like a got your moment a thousand pounds and if something negative happens as a result of you not doing one of those safety behaviors yeah that's when you get the how money. many safety behaviors would i have to not do I think we can discuss this at a time where we're able to, you know, think it through slowly. But something like, you're not allowed to sit and look out the window. Can I sit in the chair but not look out the window? Um, 
maybe not. I'd probably say let's switch sofa seats. Okay. So something like, so you can't look out the window uh, and we need to identify some others that you do. But things like you're not allowed to double check locks. So when you're leaving the house or anything like that, once the door is shut, that is it. You cannot double check a door. You can't go back inside. You can't use that as an excuse to double check rooms. A single check on anything. Um, not being able to look out and probably one more. I think if you tried for a week to never do any of those, I think you would find that there would be no negative consequences as a result of doing them. And then there's the reward for, for, for fulfilling that. Or... Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. I'm actually wrong, and that, you know, the the house bandits were simply waiting until you didn't triple check the window because that's the one time they were going to go through. And I think if you looked at it that way, if you challenged the things that you think, well, what do I do to make me feel safe? And tried not doing them. Because the only, the risk... Whilst, you know, yeah, whilst, yes, I agree. And the idea of that is entertaining. And I'm sure anyone listening has found that entertaining. That well, I think they've got their you're own... You're willing to bribe managers. me to do it. <laughs> I think it's it would have to be done slowly. Why, though? Because if in your mind it's a real behaviour, you're just going to have to trust me. It's just a case of trust me for a week. That's all. Because if you're, unless you're emotionally attached to those behaviours, which is what I would suggest you are, hence why you need to do it slowly. But if it was any other behaviour, if it was like, oh, you just can't use that cupboard for a week, there's no emotion attached to using that no, cupboard. there so is emotion easy. attached into them because it's the fear and the anxiety. Exactly. Which is what maybe it gives you the indication as to which behaviours are safety behaviours. Because you think, well, if I don't do it, something bad will happen. And I go... Yeah, think, that's how you identify them. So you stop and say, if I don't do this will I feel more anxious? That's the way mm. you can identify the safety behaviours. So that's that's how you know between just being, like, logical, if you like, mm. and identifying which are just those logical behaviours and which are your safety behaviours, is if you ask yourself, will I feel more anxious or fear if I don't do this? That's how you can work out what they are. Okay. Which is why everyone's safety behaviours have different you will have safety behaviors yeah of course you just won't necessarily be aware of them mm. outright and i do think people would need to like they would need to check because i think especially if they're well embedded to you they will feel unless you've got someone to bounce off as well they will feel justified because mm-hmm. they because in your mind of course they are you don't do them for no reason no, you do them because do you them. believe there's a threat so it'd be interesting like bouncing them off somebody else to give you a, a reflection on do I think this is a necessary behaviour or do I think I'm probably being a little bit too cautious? I think that would be possibly the best way of identifying them for yourself. Hmm. Um, okay, let's do that then. And then if, uh, so if anything, let's do this. If anything bad happens as a, as a direct result of not doing those behaviours, not just coincidentally, so okay. if something bad, then I will give a £1,000 to the charity of your choice. But <laughs> if nothing bad does happen then I would want you to try them for another week afterwards. So a £1,000 for charity of your choice. If I do it. If you do it. 
Uh, no, no. If something bad happens, right. So that that way, there's... so what do I gain from this? Because a minute ago you were going to give me a thousand pounds, so now I've seemed to have well, lost now a that. Charity, which is much more needy <laughs> yes, than I, you. Yes, I know, but I've now. What's my incentive? The incentive to do it. Ah, so this is the long term. The so incentive... you've taken my incentive away. No, no. So the incentive is, is at the end of the week you will realise that the behaviours you were exhibiting before were actually increasing your fear, and at the end of the week you will feel more confident now. Because okay, but right now in the place where you're trying to convince me to do it, there's no carrot. Okay, here's the carrot. Wouldn't it be nice to feel strong and brave? Wouldn't it be nice not to be filled with those anxiety and fear? I don't know what that feels like. Exactly. The feeling is so abstract to you that you wouldn't even know what that's like. No. That would feel like a magical feeling if you could imagine it. See, you could have said, I'll buy you like a chocolate cake. That would have worked. I will, uh, I will <laughs> buy you a chocolate cake. How about that? <laughs> a disgusting, gluten-free chocolate cake. I'm not disgusting. It's just a different perspective. Yeah, okay. Imagine flavour. Okay, that's not a gluten-free cake. How about that, then? That's the deal. And if then, I do it for a week, I get chocolate cake. Yes, but if you do it for a week and nothing bad happens, you also have to do it for another week. Uh, how long will this go on for? Just two weeks? Until you develop a sense of confidence No, there has to be there has to be an end point. No, yeah, the end point is... You no, stop there has do- to be like a time end point, 30 I days. think. If you do one week, uh, that's it. If you do one week and nothing bad happens, chocolate cake, then you must finish the 30 days. And if at the end of that 30 days, you don't feel better, you don't feel more confident, then you can go back to doing the safety behaviours. Okay, and what... If I manage to get to the 30 days, what what happened? Do I get a prize? The, yeah, yeah, the prize is... What's you, the prize? You cut around with a sense of self-confidence and value and you look at yourself and you don't feel afraid when you go outside anymore. Give me something I can tangibly hold on to, though, because I don't um, know what that is. I will get you another puppy in the future. In <laughs> the future. How long is the future, Mark? The future is at some point in our life. At some point in our life, you will get me another puppy. Yes. That's a really long goal. No, no, because I'm not saying it's going to be miles into the future, but I'm just saying, given our current life circumstances, I can't pick you a, a particular time. But know that... So we, if I we... manage it for 30 days, I get a puppy? Yes. with whatever We haven't decided a third safety behaviour yet, but we need to come up with one that we, that we both agree on. Can I not just do the two? No, because the, the, it should be three. Why should it be three? Because three's the magic number. Yeah, but three's also quite a lot. Okay, but not as many as five. So you're welcome. <laughs> I've just got rid of two for you. <laughs> so I would say, so I think broadly, what we've discussed then, so safety behaviours, what they are, what impact they can have, and then how you might be able to identify them. Mm-hmm. I would say everyone should do their own 30-day test. It'd be really hard, because it's going to be. You're going to feel under attack. And for the first whatever week, you'll probably feel more anxious than you felt before. But if you push through that, and you each day take stock and realize nothing negative has actually happened as a result of as a result of that behavior not being done you will go you realize over time the threat doesn't exist because that's the only way your brain can manifest itself you'll have to say the threat simply isn't okay, there okay so when are we starting this 30 days from uh what's the date it's the 16th of may well why don't we start from monday marvelous so tomorrow yes fun well, it will be fun because there's no you can't put a value on loving yourself. Okay, so the 30-day safety behaviour challenge hmm. begins tomorrow. Have a think about the charity that is not going to get a £1,000. Oh, 
stop it. Wait, so if I do it... If you do I it... Get, I get a puppy. No, no. If you do it the seven days, then you get a chocolate cake and you must continue for the for yes. remainder so of the 30 days. So where's this £1,000 to charity The £1,000 to charity comes if a negative occurrence happens as a result of you not doing one of those safety behaviours. So, for example, somebody breaks into the house, ninjas kick in the walls... Whatever. Ninjas kicking the walls. Yes. Okay. Any but ninjas maybe, out there that I can hire? <laughs> maybe the third one might be you're not allowed to sit facing the door of any room that you're in. I'm currently not sat facing the door. Does that does that count? Maybe we should say you switch sides of the bed. No, no. Right. No, I like my bed. So we know. No. We know there's there's one, but we're not. But let's build on it. So that's I think that's possibly a fair three. Happy with that? Um, See, the fact that you have hesitance tells you that it's something you've probably emotionally attached to. Well, yes, I, I would imagine it is emotional attachment. Okay, just... tell me something that you think that I have a safety behaviour for. Um. Okay, you cannot be anywhere doing anything without some form of music... That's not or a safety behaviour. I think it is. That's a social media addiction. That's completely No, that's not unrelated. social media at all. I think it is. I think even when you go out with the dog, you are you do it because you are you don't want to engage with the outside world. That's why you do it. No, I do it because I want to learn. I, I don't think like it is. Opportunity. I, th- I, I listen to podcasts so I, think, I can learn. Things. I think you've rationalised it. You I, think I go out because I'm afraid. I think, I think, if I'm having to do, if I'm having to do this for a week... Mm. You cannot listen then to... Then there's no prize for doing it, because that's my cost if I also do it. What do you mean? Well, then there's no you can't. There's no money to charity, because if I'm having to do it with you, we're doing it together. It's a joint operation at that point. Is that But fair? nothing bad's going to happen as a result of you Nothing's not listening Nothing bad's going to happen if you don't you face don't know the that. window. Yes, you I do, because I'm not mental. <laughs> Get back in your noise-free box, thank you. Oh, that's wonderful. Either way, great, good plan. So I hope uh, I hope this has been really helpful for people to analyse your own safety behaviours um, and set yourself the challenge. What things am I not going to do? Because maybe I'm a little bit of a coward. <gasps> gasp! Gasp! The indignity! The indignity! You are ridiculous. Oh, well. Well, what I'll do is I will... Um, post up some more information about safety behaviours as well so you can read up on it as well. Let us know if you do the 30-day safety behaviour challenge. Let us know how you get on or what your safety behaviours are. That would be quite interesting. Yeah, we'll provide an update on seven days to see how uh, well she's doing. And then we'll provide the update on 30 days to see how she's conquered it. So, uh, lots of exciting things. So, let us know. Starts tomorrow. God help me, it'll be absolutely fine. Just think, you're not going to get to sit on your sofa for 30 days. Oh my oh, God. That's, that's not fair. Brilliant. What if I sit on the other side of the sofa? No, nope, because you can still see out the window. No, I can't from that side. We agreed, other sofa. Uh, okay. We will let you know what happens. Wish me luck. And you can't listen to anything. Mm, we'll see. Oh, oh look who's yeah. backing Good. out. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to um, this episode of Talking It Out About. Feel free to reach out to us. We are on Facebook on, under the name Life With FMD on Twitter.
Twitter as well, or if you want to send us an email, it's livingwithfmd at hotmail.com. Hopefully we'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.